Geringverdiener und Flüchtlinge gegeneinander ausspielen. So sieht es auch der Sozialverband. Welcome to Death by DVD's Five Days of Halloween. <laughs> Welcome to the Death by DVD Halloween special, Slashers That Killed the Genre, Day 3. I am Alexander Nash, and with me as always is Hank. Sorry. I got chicken feathers stuck in my teeth. I've gotten into the weirdest thing. I've been flossing with chicken feathers lately. Have you ever heard about that? It's a new trend. I heard about it from that guy in Coldplay's wife. It's, it's fascinating. You take a chicken, you bite its head off, and you use the feathers to floss back and forth. It gets everything out. My mouth has never felt so clean. Which would make you a geek. And if your name was Luther, you'd be known as Luther the Geek, which is our first movie. Hank What a geek. transition. Yeah, how about that? Welcome <laughs> to Death by DVD. It's Halloween. It's day three. Jeez, we're getting really close to, to All Hallows' Eve. Maybe we'll sacrifice me and get a new, better, articulate co-host. I already sacrificed you with this goddamn series of films. Aww. So, Luther the Geek, a movie I first read about, and I believe Gore Zone back in the day, and I always kind of wanted to see it, and I never could find it. And I went to video store after video store and never saw copies of it. Kind of a lost film. I actually ended up buying a bootleg of this like years later, years after it had come out, just because I wanted to see it, because I had seen footage of it and the footage of it was mostly the first say five minutes of the film which are kind of interesting i, I gotta interrupt you for shit. a minute because where you're going at here is something i've brought up a few times on the show before but luther the geek to easily surmise all of this is exactly like the findlay movie snuff everyone has seen clips everyone's heard about it everyone's heard about how insane and absolutely crazy it is and then you see the movie and you want your fucking ticket money back. <laughs> Very much so, because the premise of it's interesting, the execution is not interesting whatsoever. The film was directed by the same guy who made uh, The Children. Anybody remember that 1980s classic? Carlton J. Albright. Yes, and the, the idea here is in it the was, 1930s... Uh, was, was it as Carlton J. Albright, but, or was it as Whitey Styles? I'm not quite certain. He had a writer-director had a, a, a pseudonym he enjoyed going by, which I enjoy. Sure. I think Luther the Geek by Whitey Styles just sounds a little bit better. Carlton J. Albright. Carlton J. Albright. It sounds like a MASH character. Wasn't he a major? It sounds like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air character. <laughs> Both, yeah. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days, chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool, and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school when a couple What we got here is it starts in like 1937 or nine, somewhere in there. And it's a kid going to a uh, freak show at the, uh, you know, the, uh, the traveling carnival. And he experiences a geek for the first time. And as the narrator says at the beginning, explains what a geek was, which is 
basically a town drunk that the carnival would pay money to to bite the heads off of chickens as a uh, little event in the freak show. Throughout America in the early 20th century, circus carnivals crisscrossed the continental United States. Carney Barkers hawked and baited a curious public to come see the sideshow freaks. But of all the bizarre acts, the strangest was the geek. The geek was a man so down on his luck he'd do anything for a drink. But to earn that shot of cheap whiskey, he had to bite the head off a live chicken and drink its blood. Now, is that a colloquial thing? I mean, is is that a worldwide known thing? I mean, uh, pardon me, what, but what I've a just, geek was. Well, I've just never heard that terminology before. I mean, is that that's a, what a geek was? That was the original meaning of a geek was. A guy at the carnival who would bite the heads off of chickens. So how did that get derived into kind of like a four-eyed Poindexter sort of thing? I mean, because when I think a geek, I think of somebody that's like really into the seventies Battlestar like, it's Galactica. It's how terms move through uh, through life, um, and it just became a term for a nerd. But originally, it was basically a fucking down as luck piece of shit who they would. Paid to massacre animals. Well, I mean, that was my entrance to Luther the Geek, because when I had heard about it, and I was a teenager and could never find it, and, you know, no means, no bootlegs, no nothing, couldn't get a hold of this movie, I thought it was about some, like, killer high school geek. So for years and years and years, I had this idea in my head about this movie that it was going to be, like, some weird Phantom of the Paradise thing where this geek gets bullied a lot, then gets weird metal teeth, and somehow eats the head off of a chicken. And it's that's not what this movie's about whatsoever at all. I mean, so you've really got that differential with the wording here that I guess it's an. I mean, and the movie does start in the 1930s, so it's it's a circus. Well, that's geek. the thing that I don't understand about the film because the kid's like maybe 10 years old at the circus in the 1930s, gets his teeth knocked out and tastes chicken blood for the first time after witnessing the geek, uh, and then it be you know it's years later and he's getting out of jail, he's getting paroled, he's been in jail off and on for different crimes. Um, I guess he's supposed to be in his like seventies at this point. I'm not real sure. Like, it's very strange. Well, wait, when the movie is is 1989, so he would be in his mid fifties or so if he was born in the no, 30s. he would be in his like sixties if he was like ten years old in 1930 something. Because yeah, you're really onto something. Because it is. I mean, maybe even older than ten. It's like maybe a 14 year old. It, it's it's a pubescent fucking I think it's supposed to boy. maybe take place in the seventies or something. They just couldn't like you know do a period thing like that well it's weird i mean it's uh, one of the things with luther the geek too is a lot of um i wouldn't say it's not a lack of detail but you as a viewer when you're watching this movie there's just so much attention to nothing that when you're watching it so many of the focus shots and so much of following luther around you don't really cognitively even like have an aspect of time i never even really questioned when it took place because it was just so nonsensical and it's so kind of I don't know. It, it's it's just like a really hazy dream. It's a very stream of conscious movie because it just goes from like thing to thing to thing to thing. So all these years later when he's in jail, somehow he's gotten metal teeth dentures that he sharpens with a file because he's a, a geek. And he gets released from prison and he goes to a supermarket and creates mayhem there and then bites the throat of an old woman. And then he's on the run again and he makes it to a farmhouse and starts like, 
basically a home invasion film with this uh, widow and her daughter comes home and that's what the fucking movie's about him terrorizing these two girls and like a, like this one dude that that's it well they introduced those characters to you previously so you almost have this like formidable setup of a slasher that this crazy weird metal tooth guy is getting out of jail and he is at a grocery store breaking and sucking down eggs so you know it's almost like clerks it's just like clerks not at all. But you have the, the mother and the daughter character, and you start getting a little detail on their family life, and you see how they are. So you can tell that it's like a sympathetic angle, that you're looking at them, and you're like, okay, these are going to be the victims. But the approach that it comes with Luther is just, it's nonsensical, because he just attacks your... What, what are you supposed to really care about? And I, I understand, well, Hank, it's a fucking slasher movie called Luther the Geek that Troma put out. I know. You're you're just kind of you're supposed to be jerking off and enjoying the violence, but it's not even that. It's not like Troma's War. That's the movie I would take an argument with of, well, just jerk off and enjoy the violence because that's really what that is. It's it's nonstop just bullshit and it's crazy and it's over the top. This is almost it gets know, real drag assy because the the like the first 10 minutes, it moves really fast and it moves really well and it's pretty fucking interesting and it's shot well and then it becomes this like home invasion thing at a farm and it just drags and drags and drags and, and drags. it goes nowhere from there i mean you have the development of the boyfriend the mother the whole dumb cowboy boots thing the mom is under the bed for what seems like days it just goes on and on i'm sorry the daughter's under the bed while the mom is tied to the top of the bed uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves here luther's home invaded it Hence why Alexander Nash keeps saying it's similar to a home invasion movie. He ties the mother to the bed, and the daughter becomes, like, semi-catatonic out of shock under the bed, and it just doesn't fucking stop. Her boyfriend goes outside and gets killed, and then you have maybe 15 minutes of Luther dancing around in cowboy boots, just weird expo shots of him in fields and him at the house, and it just sucks. It's I'm going to steal this stressful. bike. Oh, I got stopped from stealing the bike, but I'm going to bite this guy's neck. And then the cops show up. I don't tell them I'm here. And it just this really long drawn speak. out process. We didn't even bring that up that Luther doesn't speak at all. He only communicates. I was going to bring that up at the end. He clucks like a chicken. There's, there's no English. He, that's that's the, the big rub of it all is Luther doesn't say shit. He just clucks. That's the probably greatest thing of this movie. It's the most boring ballet, if you wanted to put it that way. It isn't terrible, terrible opera, and it is strenuous to get through, but the last scenes of this movie is a very wounded woman who has witnessed her, her family, every her, her child she bore, die in front of her. She breaks down to the extent that she begins communicating in chicken talk with this metal-toothed freak in a chicken coop and her farm, and it's fucking excellent. Making this entire movie worth seeing. You can sit through all of this boring, boring bullshit, but you get to this just psychotic chicken-clucking scene. Ugh! God damn it, it's hysterical. And it's great! I mean, she unloads in him, the villain dies, you get your payoff, but just there's something hysterical about it. Like, as we've explained it, it sounds more interesting than it is because nothing happens this whole fucking movie. It's mostly silent the last, let's say, 45 minutes. There's barely any dialogue. It's just a whole lot of chicken clucking and people being scared of the guy who's in the chicken coop. It's so bland. The entire movie is bland. And I was expecting a gore fest once I saw it because the production photos from it looked like because it was all the gore scenes. Every gore scene in the film 
was just in the, like those pages of, of Gore Zone, and then what you're left with is just an incredibly dry movie that had a concept and not much else. Didn't have much more of a script than that. Luther the Geek, I want to like it so much, especially that first like 10 minute segment is so interesting, but it just fails miserably the rest of the film and just isn't interesting to watch whatsoever. I think the most unfortunate aspect is you don't really get to know Luther. Uh, the movie's about him. You have this five, ten minute sequence at the beginning of him as a child and him getting out of prison. We don't. I mean, you. I think they tell you they they give a couple crimes. I think some uh, second degree homicides is why he ended up in prison. None of it really matters. But any formative years, something maybe to drive more than thus this kind of um. God, it, what's that German film Scram? It's very similar to that. Nothing really happens, and it's just kind of wandering with okay sequences of gore. That's it. I wouldn't call the sequence of gore very interesting. The the old lady he bites in the neck at the beginning is about the the level of violence you're going to get, and the rest of it is just kind of pretty weak, personally. I just, I don't know. I, I want to like this movie so much. That first shot of him putting in the dentures, the sharpened dentures in his mouth is so good. And it cuts to the titles. And it's like, whoa, daddy, we're getting, all right, we're getting into this. And then it just like, I don't know. It's like the Viagra wears off. You're like you're rock hard. And then just slowly over time, it just starts dropping and dropping and you're flaccid by the end. When you really get to the farmhouse, you've got so much going on. Three characters. You assume that he's just going to, kill them and move on but these are the ones that I had mentioned were previously established at the grocery store scene and it just doesn't stop it it really has to be and maybe I'm exaggerating but I'd say a good eight minutes with the whole mom under the bed catatonic scene it just doesn't or not god I keep saying it backward you suck the whole daughter under the bed catatonic scene it just doesn't stop and there's no real payoff I really really found the chicken clucking hysterical but there's not a lot. You can purchase this now on uh, Blu-ray directly from Vinegar Syndrome in a pristine quality. I have a copy of it personally. The last time I actually thought of this movie was sitting uh, in the chair you're in right now. And I saw the movie on your shelf and I said, hey, why don't we watch Luther the Geek? And you went, ah, you know, uh, I don't, I, I'm not really into that right now. <laughs> so if that says anything about Luther the Geek. It's an oddity more than anything for how lost it was once it uh, came out. And it's just interesting. Interesting the way these Blu-ray companies are happening, especially a company like Vinegar Syndrome, because, I mean, with their production budgets being what they are, they can only put out certain kinds of films. Like Screen Factory, they get the big ones. Arrow, same deal. They get a lot of the the bigger titles, your houses, your, um, oh God, like uh, My Bloody Valentine from Screen Factory I just purchased not too long ago. And like Vinegar Syndrome has to pick up all the uh, the random bits. So they have this. They have Hellmaster that they just put out not too long ago. These movies that never really made it even on home video and are almost completely lost. And now they're putting them out in beautiful transfers, like just amazing transfers. And it's just so interesting that a company dedicates all this time, money and energy to putting out what is just a bottom of the barrel of fucking movies. But I applaud them for it because there needs to be a place in society for these movies too so they aren't lost so they are held on to forever it's just bizarre though that they look as good as they do now well not everything from vinegar syndrome is under the same uh bad slasher genre that we're doing for halloween there are some no they got a lot of random stuff it's just 
just so happens they put out a lot of these as well. I think something that is a key and a note to Vinegar Syndrome is most everything they put out at some point you can consider and look at as art. And some of like my favorite things that are actually selling out on Vinegar Syndrome, I implore you to buy Taking Tiger Mountain. It is not a horror film. It is not a slasher film. I, I, I've written about this movie endlessly. I hope one day you'll be able to read that as Death by DVD fans. I, I adore the film Putney Swope by Robert Downey Sr. There are just incredible, incredible releases. Uh, God, what's that vampire movie with Johnny Legs that you can't stand? Night Owl? Night Owl. I think all those movies were actually the same month a couple years ago as September release. There are just some amazing... Shit, inc- they just put out Blood Games, which I find amazing. They put out um, Rad, which is like a, an A-plus title for them. Well, Vinegar Syndrome now has a title contract with MGM, so there is going to be a lot of expressive, really interesting things that have been lost throughout the 80s and 90s. The video boom did cause a lot of havoc. I mean, so much stuff got pushed out, and so much stuff was being just shoved into the video market and the video stores and home releases that so much others were lost. Movies that just didn't get attention that... Sometimes are really, really, really bad, like Luther the Geek, but, I mean, that's a trauma acquisition. You know Lloyd Kaufman isn't going to pay for anything that might not make him money back, and that's how trauma works. That's how that whole game worked, especially through acquisitions in the late 80s and 90s. I'm surprised we didn't have more trauma movies on this list. Next on the list is probably one of the worst movies we'll be talking about in this entire godforsaken series. is a movie called The Ripper. And it was released on home video directly in the early 1980s. And it's shot on VHS. And I don't know if it's even, I don't think it's high eight VHS. I think it's like home video recorder VHS, personally. The Ripper is about Jack the Ripper coming back if you put on this special gaudy ring that Jack the Ripper once owned. So a college professor who uh, studies film goes to an antique shop. He's also very much very interested in the Jack the Ripper mythos buys this ring, puts it on and he starts having weird fucking flashbacks to what Jack the Ripper's crimes were. And while he's like in this hazy state, he becomes Jack the Ripper through some sort of weird transference and kills people on a college campus. That's the entire plot. That's all what this movie is. The only thing that has any interest of it and how they sold the movie to begin with is they paid Tom Savini 15 grand to show up for one day of shooting. And he plays Jack the Ripper in his reincarnated form wearing yellow contact lenses. They spent that much of their budget on Savini. They couldn't give him. It's a $75,000 production that they spent like, so it was really like a a $60,000 production because they spent 15000 on Tom Savini. There was no cocaine or, or women or anything else that they could have offered him for those, like, seven seconds because he's not even really in the movie. He's in about two minutes overall. He's the best performance in the film, too. <laughs> See, I think it's so inconsequential. I hate the Tom Savini aspect because I'm way more interested in Tom Schreier, who is the, the, uh, the professor character, I think that's the best dinner theater performance I've ever seen outside of a dinner theater. I mean, this guy really is, but um bump giving it the college fucking try here. I I kind of have sympathy for this actor because he gives it. And you've got this, like, repetitive sequence. He has a student that's really, really passionate about film and calls him constantly, is really into him, and he's kind of like 
our detective character. So he slowly with his girlfriend starts seeing the differences in his teacher, who he's really cool with. I can even call him at home. I let him know when the conqueror worm is on. But that's, I guess, where I got like a weird appreciation for it of like you managed to get like the best guy that served crepes at dinner theater. Yeah, you paid I hate you. <laughs> you paid $1,500 to fucking Tom Savini. You guys managed to formulate and shoot this and edit it Robert Rodriguez style like you're some sort of animal on fucking video cassette. But I couldn't, I don't know, it, it's I guess a testament to my ignorance how I, ca- I just kept getting caught in the idea of like, but he's, you know, isn't it perfect? He was into Jack the Ripper, then he finds the Jack the Ripper ring. This is one of those... Oh, God, what was the show? The script is written on a cocktail napkin, asshole. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the Poltergeist, the legacy TV show. This is... This easily. Uh, that doesn't make it any better. No, I, there's that no excuse. Sucks. I'm not defending myself anymore. I love that show. Admit it. You've told me you I loved do. it. That's what I mean. I'm not <laughs> I'm not defending myself anymore here. I'm just digging my <laughs> own grave. It really reminds me of that. And there's just, there's certain levels of bad. On the last episode, I couldn't stop bitching about how much I didn't like the prey. Because it's fucking boring. This is so stupid. There's so much dumb shit. Like, he's dating this girl, and they go to an antique store, and she's so interested in this $50 bed frame, but that's where he finds the ring, because it's been convenient. It's a brass headboard, Hank. Get it right. <laughs> it was a, okay, I'm sorry. It was a, a, <laughs> it was a brass headboard. But just conveniently, the ghost of Jack the Ripper has come all the way from England to leave this ring in any town bumfuck USA for Tom Schreier. Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma, Even for God's worse. Sake. That makes it better. It's like one of the most obscure places people don't even remember exists as a state. Fuck it. Oklahoma, Utah, where are those? I thought they were in Canada. Fuck those places. It's one of those movies that sucks so much dick. I couldn't help but love it. And then finally at the end of the movie, you get this whole scene with Tom Savini in a parking garage. In a parking garage, an underground parking garage. And he's got the yellow contacts on, and it's like, you dumb bitch, I'm Jack the Ripper. I've been around for 200 years. <laughs> then they shoot Chom Schreier, and the movie fucking ends. That's it. That's the Ripper. It's fucking so bad. And the special effects, so like what little there is of it, is pretty decent. It's not Tom Savini work. It's, you know, some local coma yokel, and they're actually pretty decent, but there's not much of it. It's shot on video, so whatever you can get out of it looks like shit. The entire movie looks like shit. This was just a higher gig of, like, the special effects guy. I really like Tom, so we should hire him to play Jack the Ripper. So they paid him 15 grand to fly out, and he wanted to be in, like, more of an actor at times. So, yeah, I'll do it. And he did it, and they advertised the fuck out of him. He His face is the box. It's just his face with big yellow eyes. And I remember seeing this at the um, the video store back in the day, picking it up going, man, I want to see this. Because um, I had seen some like Tom Savini gore reel footage and stuff like that. And I was like, this one's got a lot of cool like special effects in it. And for years, the stuff that I thought was in this movie was shit from the Prowler. I was completely wrong. I wanted to see the Prowler, not the Ripper. So when I did see the Ripper, I was like, ah, shit. I was completely wrong about what the fuck this movie was. And it is terrible. I hate it. You can watch it on YouTube. I will never suggest you spend money on watching this movie. It's free right now. It says it's two hours and like 20 minutes on YouTube. That's a lie. It's just like 
roll twice so you can watch it back to back if you want to but just watch on youtube never ever spend money on watching the ripper i fucking hate it it killed the slasher genre this one specifically as i stand with my dick out pissing on the corpse of the slasher genre i say to you please do drugs watch the ripper do a lot of drugs and watch the ripper for god's sakes well that brings us to the end of this awful episode. Join us tomorrow as the five days of Halloween with Death by DVD continue into day four. The ashtray is full and the bottle is empty. Join us tomorrow as the five days of Halloween continue on Death by DVD. I'm Linnea. And I like Death by DVD. It's a statement. Death by DVD is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced. The management and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. At this, At this time, time, we, we conclude, conclude our, our broadcasting. broadcasting.